Hello everybody and welcome to Tip Top Tech. This is a project by three college friends where we give you our two cents on today's tech news. I'm Mike. I'm Matthew. And I'm Haley. And we are happy that you're joining us today. So starting with the articles, per usual, Haley, why don't you go first? Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know if you guys have Snapchat. It's a pretty, uh, pretty popular app. Um, I use it, I don't want to say religiously, but <laughs> I use it a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, they just came out with a really big update where they basically kind of changed um, the user interface not really by like a whole lot, but they combined individual stories. And so if you go on Snapchat, it's hard to explain an interface without actually just being like, hey guys, just look at it. <laughs> That's not even a Snapchat. But if you open it up, um, basically your friends, like conversations with your friends and snaps you received from your friends or groups were on like one side, I guess. And then stories and, you know, discovery kind of. Other stories and whatnot were on the other one. You swipe other right side. to get to conversations and left to get to the stories, right? Yes. Yeah. Wait. Yes. I'm like, how do you swipe? <laughs> wait, which direction? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Yep. Okay. So, well, now they combined the conversations and uh, stories like by your friends on to one single page. Oh, and gross. then any celebrities you followed are now in the discovery and they're all kind of like in this weird tile, almost like windows eight kind of esque formation, which is really weird. That's hmm. a good operating system. Yeah. And <laughs> it was great. Well, a lot of people are like really, really frustrated by it, including me. Um, honestly, I, I was not expecting to like it because I, I saw like videos and images of the Snapchat update before it rolled out. Like, months ago because snapchat was saying hey it's gonna be a really big update and this is what it's gonna look like um and they they even said they're like everyone's not gonna like it but that's what <laughs> they're like that's what happened with facebook though so everyone got <laughs> over it and i kind of sat there and i was like not everybody's so okay with innovation <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i just thought it was like i mean they do have a point and we're only like validating them even more uh that's true we're talking about it good work Kaylee. this is your fault I Yep. So I just I wanted to complain about it, but also it's just kind of a, a a very heated topic on college campuses. Right now, everyone's like, "No, I hate it." I was going to say, does does anybody you know like it? One person. What? That, that I know of. Uh, yeah, just one person. Apparently, there's like a petition on Change.org that has like a million people <laughs> saying, "Like, please roll back the changes." Please undo. People, yeah, people who have iPhones can. There's a way for them to undo the changes, apparently. But I have a Pixel too, so that mm. doesn't work anymore. Hey, that's fun. I thought you had an iPhone for a long time. I did have an iPhone, and then I switched after the whole Apple fiasco. Oh, after the the last time, the thing we talked about last time, where Apple. Yeah slows down performance to to save battery life yeah exactly and i got a pixel too i have had snapchat twice and i've deleted it two times (laughs) so i no longer (laughs) have it because i had it in at the beginning of college late high school and beginning of college um and then i decided i was done with it and i deleted my twitter and my instagram and my snapchat all at the same time and then a while later a couple of my friends were super into it and they had these i 
I think that was like shortly after Streaks came out. And so mm-hmm. all my okay. friends were all, you know, it was all the rage. And they're like, oh, it's so funny. You should blah, blah, blah. And all my friends were always on Snapchat all the time. Were and so I got it where again. You were. What'd you say? Were, were they asking where you went? <laughs> where I went on Snapchat? <laughs> no. Um, did I miss a joke? Did you make no. a joke that I missed? Not, not really. Okay. I just want to make sure that something <laughs> There's no go joke there. Because that does happen. Um, <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> okay <laughs> I know who I'm not inviting back to the podcast next time <laughs> <laughs> darn <laughs> oh no get out of here um, but I had it for yeah I had it the second time and then the exact same thing happened I just like got really sick of it and didn't think it was worth anything and then remembered that they don't actually delete my pictures they keep them on some database somewhere and so then I decided to delete it, and I don't use it anymore. And then they, they look at them all the time. Probably do. Mm-hmm. The NSA agent that's assigned to you, they always, like, watch your stuff. So. <laughs> the one person who's uh, yeah, assigned to scrutinize my entire life, even more than I already do, as though that's possible. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have Snapchat, Matthew? I, I do. I use it occasionally. Who do you snap? Oh, uh, you're one of those... What are the... Um, you're just like a, uh, what is the word? I don't want to call you a parasite, but you just like, oh, yeah, consume. That's, that's me. You consume without, um, do you ever snap anybody? Do you ever send snaps? Occasionally. To whom? To, like, like people. Friends. I don't, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what friends? No, sorry. <laughs> I don't mean that. <laughs> well, and yeah, so how long have you been able to follow celebrities? That might be a better question. Uh, ever since I've had Snapchat and I've had, I've been like really actually using Snapchat since maybe like sophomore year of college. So, mm, okay. And you've been able to follow them because they have like just regular Snapchat accounts. See, I didn't, so. I don't think I knew you could follow accounts. Like I knew you could be friends with people, but I thought in order to see was- any of their stuff, you had to, or they had to accept you. Nope. So depending, you have different snap, like you have different settings. So you can have it so people can, anyone can view your story as long as they add you as a friend, or it's like they have to add you as a friend and then you also have to like accept them Mm. in order for them to to, like see your stories and whatnot so you can be a little bit more private. Hmm. But most celebrities and like confirmed accounts, uh, they'll have... Oh, is that like Snapchat's version of verified? (laughs) Yeah, basically. So you, um, they have like emojis and whatnot. So like I think the chain smokers has like a rose and NASA has a spaceship or something and that's pretty so. dope. Can I have the spaceship? Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, you can put it in your name, but like you can't have it <laughs> like like NASA does. You probably can't have Sorry. a spaceship, Matthew. You can't unless you have a lot of money and are friends with Elon Musk. That's disappointing. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of spaceships, Michael. <laughs> I was actually going to do that as my article. Thanks, Haley, for that really awesome segue into the article that's not to do with spaceships. But I appreciate it. Uh, no, because the Falcon 5, nope, the Falcon Heavy uh, rocket launched two a week ago, last Wednesday, I think. Um, yep. And it was carrying, did you guys see the Tesla Roadster that was like mounted inside of it that's now just floating in space? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I watched a little bit of the live stream today. So I got to watch a. Uh little what's his name is it, is it just spaceman oh the mannequin <laughs> yeah i can't he remember his name. name i don't know i can't remember but anyway that's mm-hmm. uh 
Yeah, that was cool. I mean, it's and what I really like about that is the idea of reusable rockets. That seems like something that we should, if we're really serious about spaceflight, we're going to need to develop um, as a way to, you know, in both an economically as well as environmentally sensitive way, transport things between Earth and space. So I, I think that's a kick in the right direction for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's a big success. It didn't explode like Facebook's did. <laughs> yeah, Facebook that was pretty bad. Yeah, uh, yeah not recently. Like six months ago, Facebook tried to launch. It was their like Africa internet project. They were gonna make like uh, uh, satellite internet, put it over Africa. But then right before the um, so the rocket launched something, there was a malfunction and it exploded into a giant fireball. <laughs> oh, it was really cool. I mean, it, well, I think it's cool. Cause <laughs> it was cool. It was really cool. cool. Fireball. Yeah, to watch millions of dollars in damage just literally go up in smoke. Um, but no, no. Well, I hope that doesn't ever happen again. That would be bad. My article. Hopefully, if it happens again, they're doing it on purpose. That's true. Because explosions Although, are. That seems are like kind of cool. Millions of dollars worth of stuff you could have put toward other. Yeah. Humanitarian efforts. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, like you no know, internet for Africa or something. <laughs> explosions for Africa. What a novel idea. Um, <clears throat> okay, my article is from TechCrunch, um, and I was going to look it up to vet it from other sources and totally did not have any time in the month since we've recorded. So, whoops, Fake my bad, news. sorry. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. Um, <laughs> we're going to get flagged by some AI, uh, and the, <laughs> the title of the article is Apple Watch Can Detect Diabetes with an 85% Accuracy Cardiogram Study Says. So, um, the Apple Watch, I'm assuming this is the latest rendition of it, um, which I think they're on version 3 right now, um, the Ballinger um, Cardiogram is a company, um, I think, that does research related to hearts. And uh, Brandon Ballinger, who's the founder of Cardiogram, um, did a study with the Apple Watch that um, confirmed, according to this one study, that it can predict diabetes with 85% accuracy. And it does that. Um, let's see. It's a study as part of a larger deep heart study with Cardiogram in the University of California in San Francisco. Um, Study was with 14,000 Apple Watch users and was able to detect that 462 of them had diabetes by watching or by using the watch's heart rate sensor, um, the same type of sensor that's used in other fitness bands. Um, and so basically, it monitored for abnormal heart rate, um, and it can also detect things like sleep apnea and hypertension um, with as high as 97% accuracy for abnormal heart rhythm, 90% for sleep apnea, and 82% for hypertension. Um, but then the, the point kind of like is now coming to light um, with the opioid crisis that's been in the news a lot recently. But the, the idea is that um, the pre, like there are tons and tons of Americans who are living with prediabetes or actual diabetes that just go undiagnosed. Um, and a lot of it isn't serious. I mean, once it gets serious enough, obviously most people, you know, go to the, the doctor and get it checked out. But there are a lot of people who are living with like mild cases of it. Um, what did it say? It, more than 100 million U.S. adults are now living with prediabetes or diabetes, and more than one in four of them go undiagnosed. So 25% of people who have either prediabetes or actual diabetes go undiagnosed, which is, which, yeah, is really insane. Jeez. Um, but, so the idea, yeah, is that the, the Apple Watch can predict that. And then my question is, if you're showing symptoms of it, then it would already be you would already have diabetes. You wouldn't, like, if you're showing symptoms of it, I guess with pre-diabetes it could help a lot, but 
if you already have it, there's like, what else can you do in that situation other than, you know, try to adjust your lifestyle, I guess. But, um, I don't know. I'm, so the, well, the other thing that I was going to try to look up is what other kind of health benefits that, uh, smartwatches can have. Like I know there's that, um, dear Apple. I don't know if you've seen these ads for Apple for the Apple watch. Um, it's by, or it's, the supposed stories of six or seven people whose lives were saved by Apple watches. Like one person had a heart attack during football practice and one swimmer, like I had a stroke or something in the pool and Apple watch alerted authorities. And then it saved these people's lives is the idea um, behind this ad campaign. And so, but I've always been pretty resistant to wearing a microphone on my wrist, <laughs> not because it's a microphone for monitoring. Yeah. I just think of like star Trek when, when they, I mean, some of the some of the versions of Star Trek, they have the it's their the little insignia on their chest that they like they hit, and that's the communicator. But then there are some early like William Shatner Star Treks where they have on their wrist. They're like, I can't remember any of the names of any of the characters other than Captain Kirk and Spock right now. But they'll be like, Spock, we need medical assistance immediately, and they're like talking at their wrists, which I think is really tacky and disgusting. So that's what I thought <laughs> smartwatches were going to be used for in the first place was like answering phones. People were going to be walking around in public with their hands up to their mouths, talking into their wrists. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> it's clear that the these smartwatches aren't just for um, talk, having walkie-talkies on your wrist, right? <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Uh, do Matthew, I don't think you do, or I would have seen it by now, but Haley, do you have a smartwatch? No, I do not. Do you have any interest in it? I had an interest, but then I just don't, I don't really know. I don't really see me having one right now just cause it's like, I always have my phone. I think it's really annoying and possibly like distracting to have like a smartwatch on your wrist just to... Yeah, I don't know. I see the benefits, but I'm also just kind of like, nah, not for me right now. Anyways, I don't, I don't have an interest in getting one immediately. Also, they're expensive. They are pretty expensive, Matthew. Well, you I know, if you have pre-diabetes, though. <laughs> I guess there's no other way to know other than with an Apple Watch. <laughs> so, lesson learned, listeners: go get your Apple Watch to make sure that you don't have pre-diabetes. Do you have any interest in one, Matthew? Not, not really. I don't know. I just to me it I seems like one. my notifications get pushed to enough other things. Like it's either my phone, which I feel vibrate in my pocket, or my computer. And I'm either with my phone or my computer almost all of the time, except for when I'm in bed or like driving. And right. so if I get a notification the actually there have been a couple of times where I'll I'll be like at dinner with my parents trying to make, and I will have made plans with somebody and then they'll text or call me um, and I don't want to pull out my pull my phone out of my pocket at dinner with my parents when we're like out at a restaurant and so it would okay. be nice the this is the one use case that I could see for me using it is to see who's texting you and what they say it's like hey can't make it tonight or like hey let's wait until you know I gotta I, that something came up and I'm gonna be late or like hey let's actually meet at this place then I can see that and I can acknowledge it mentally and or if somebody says like hey you know if work were to email me and say like hey we need you back right away then i could see that right away instead of but i also don't know how invasive i really want my notifications to be sometimes it's nice to say like oh sorry my phone is in my pocket and i didn't get to this right away so mm-hmm. i don't have a yeah. lot of interest in it either and i agree they're pretty expensive for for the seeming lack of functionality that they have like the lack of value they would add to my life I didn't mm-hmm. think about the notification thing before this, um, but thinking about that now makes me kind of really not want one. Because really? on my phone, I keep it silent all the time. 
Just so you don't get bothered, or what? Pretty much. Like, okay. That's weird, though, because I text you, like, fairly regularly. Does that mean I bother you? <laughs> no, but, like, well, it I depends on the notification light, and that is enough for me. Um, I have seen, these are really interesting. I don't think these detect prediabetes, unfortunately, so sorry to fossil cue wearers, but there are, um, Fossil, I know, Fossil's a watch company, um, and I know they've partnered with some, I don't know if it's Apple or I, whatever, they... They have their version, and I think Movado has them too. More and more higher-end watch brands are starting to get them, um, but they're they look like normal watch faces, where it's got a minute and a, an hour and a second hand, yeah. and then it'll like vibrate or whatever, uh, and then it'll the the hands will align at one of the hours, and so you can set twelve different notifications, and then at, so it'll vibrate, and then the hands will move to there, and so you look at it, and then the hands reset again to what time it actually is. And so it is a real functional mechanical, or it's not mechanical, but it's a real functional watch. But then you can also see your uh, notifications based on where the hands of the clock fall. Um, and so that, I think, is a little less obtrusive. So then you could, so what you that can do is... kind of annoying if you're trying to check the time and you get a notification. Well, yeah, right, <laughs> when you're trying to check the time. I bet you can clear it pretty easily with a button. But I, I'd rather have another notification light. <laughs> another blinking light somewhere yeah um yeah i mean you could i'm sure that there are watches that come with that too but I, that to me seems like a little less obtrusive way to do it um but overall i don't personally see a lot of benefit to to smart watches other than maybe if i have pre-diabetes but that's why i'm gonna start working out so whatever Haley, you look so disinterested well, no, because I was like, you talking about like your, the LED light like on your phone and stuff, and I was like, my Pixel's supposed to have one, but I've never seen it turn on. <laughs> so I was like, is really it not working? One? Yeah, it's supposed to. <laughs> so now I'm concerned it doesn't work, and I didn't notice, and I've had this phone for like a month already. Huh. Too bad it's okay, out of well, Whoops, bad. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I already scratched the screen and everything after four days of having it. So. Oh, no. Do you not have a screen protector? So when I got the phone, I didn't. I didn't know I was getting the phone like that day because we weren't sure if it was going to be possible or not to get the new phone. Gotcha. And then it was, and then I got a new phone, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to spend like eighty dollars at Verizon for a." case and a screen protector when I can buy one on Amazon for like 15 and in case for like 20 so Is that how much they charge really it's super expensive if you get it done at the uh, I almost called it the dealership at the, the dealership um, <laughs> the dealers <laughs> dealing out some kind of drugs um no at the carriers they are it's really expensive to get cases and stuff is probably like 20 percent more expensive 20 to 30 percent more expensive than you buy than where you can buy it elsewhere which, when mm-hmm. it's like a, already yeah. a $25 case, is pretty noticeable. Wow. My article um, was titled, Salon to Ad Blockers. Can we use your browser to mine cryptocurrency? Um, so this was an article from Ars Technica about a website called Salon.com, which is a new Zand opinion website. Salon is in, like, hair salon? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um... So they're a news site, and um, recently they have started, um, for people who have ad blockers, you know, you'll sometimes see the, um, hey, we see you're using an ad blocker. Oh, yeah. Stop it. <laughs> the worst. Oh, yeah. So um, they, they have the prompt 
for those you always to... make me sorry to interrupt those <laughs> always make me want to use an ad blocker even more i'm always like yes i'm gonna block your ads <laughs> they have no. nothing to do about it anyway they have uh a prompt for you to disable it um obviously but they they also have the option to suppress ads in data to um, block ads by, by allowing Salon to use your unused computing power. Oh, I've heard of this. <clears throat> so um, if you click it, it's, it uses CoinHive, which is a JavaScript thingy uh, to <laughs> mine uh, Monero, which is a cryptocurrency. Um, Monero? Yep. Never heard of that one. It is, well, Monero is touted as a private, uh, untraceable, and fungible cryptocurrency. And, well, it's it's geared towards privacy. Okay. And um, it's, it's fungible. I didn't know what that word means. Uh, but that <laughs> apparently means that um, units can't be blacklisted because they are used in uh, funky, sketchy transactions the past. Oh. So um, lots of hackers have been using MoneroCoin and CoinHive to hijack sites and just mine cryptocurrency without your permission. But uh, Salon is asking for your permission. <laughs> How polite. I read about this a while ago and it's, it's called crypto jacking, which is, yeah, when they embed things on websites to that'll start using your computer supposedly without you knowing um and there i don't remember the article i was reading it might have been in wired or something um but it was about there are i think it's like the it's probably not the ieee some internet organization um is trying to combat it they're like trying to stop it from happening um which i guess i don't really understand because the only cost to you is the increased amount of electricity that you use and like maybe computing speed decrease but that happens when i run too many apps at a time anyway <laughs> like it's i mean that's a normal part of a normal function of computing is seeing drops in speed so i don't know i'm i guess instead of paying to not have ads you are letting them make money so that uh, in order to for them not to have ads <laughs> it, it, would you say it, yes ever it feels a little better than being tracked to me but it's true i also don't like it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be like somebody yeah. saying, well, you're not using your sidewalk, so can I just like store stuff on your sidewalk? Because I don't. We have a sidewalk in front of my house that nobody ever walks on, but my roommate insists that I shovel it. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> beside the point. But So if somebody was like, can I put this like innocuous stuff that's not offensive and it's not, you know, whatever, like, can I put these ads up on your sidewalk because you're not using it? That's not offensive yeah. to me because it's like... They're just little, like, vote for, I don't know, vote in this election stuff. But it's, I, I'm thinking of all these really bad examples. <laughs> People putting yeah. ads on the sidewalk you, does not seem do like a very plausible your, situation. You do use, use your processor, though. That's true. I do use my computing power. And you're always using it when you're using your computing device. So. That's true. That's yeah. True. I do like that they ask. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they're asking <laughs> and not just doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think people would get pretty upset if they just did it. Well, except how would anybody really actually know? As long as it doesn't make your fan spin up to like 100% ro uh, it, rotational that's speed. That's the thing. It, it kind of does. I suppose that's oh. what it takes in, to in mine. In the article, they, says, um, they tested it on a 2016 MacBook Pro. And um, 
they went from... What is that? Why did you say it like that, Matthew? <laughs> because uh, of our not sponsorships, uh, we, we don't have those. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, so they, they went from like 70 to 80% idle um, to 24%. Yeah, I guess that is maybe noticeable then. But again, as long as it's... I guess as long as... I don't want to incriminate myself here. Someday somebody's going to take this soundbite and be like, Michael doesn't care if people use his computing resources. <laughs> this is not true. I do care. Well, anyway, that's not important. Mm-hmm. What a bummer about cryptojacking. Tell us how you feel about that at twitter.com slash tiptoptechcast. <laughs> <laughs> plug. S- shameless plug, except I am full of shame, so it's not shameless at all. Well, according to Google, shame. I looked up fungible, and it means... Able to replace or be replaced by another identical item, mutually interchangeable, um, particularly relating to goods contracted for, of goods contracted for without an individual specimen being specified. Um, so that doesn't mean anything to me, but maybe it makes sense to you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, cool. I also saw um, that there was there was. Did a you hack. bring two articles? A little bit. Uh, <gasps> there, no. Someone was. Uh, <laughs> Hacking like a plugin or something, uh, and mining Monero with CoinHive, and they made twenty four dollars. <laughs> it was like oh really, boy. really, really big. A whole twenty four dollars. Really big hack. You don't say. <laughs> I could buy me Panda Express. <laughs> like a few Panda Expresses. <laughs> oh, good. Don't. Um, well. <laughs> with all of that coming on, moving on to our second segment, which is entertainment. Uh, Matthew, why don't you start out with a piece of media or a book or a movie or a video game or a soundbite or something that you've consumed recently and why it has or has not been impactful and whether you'd recommend it. Something. All right. Do you have something? Yeah, I have. Okay. I, I've been... I've played a few video games recently. Okay. And I wasn't sure which one I wanted to talk about. Okay, which one uh, you want to talk but about? I'll, I guess I'll talk about the probably the best one, which was Abzu. Absolutely. That's oh, why. Oh, I love that game. That's by the same people who made some other like Terrarium Journey. Simulator, right? Journey. That's oh. it. Yeah. So not Terrarium yep. Simulator. I was way wrong. Anyway, Abzu. Okay. Abzu is. Um, Didn't you use Journey as one of your other ones? I've never played Journey. Really? Okay. Never mind then. <laughs> um, so Abzu is a game where you're a guy in an ocean, and you have um, flippers, the things that go on your feet. Yep. Yep. And you swim around, and there there's fishes, and there's um, mechanical things, and there's ancient civilizations. How can there be mechanical things in the ocean? Don't those rust? Um. Well, I, I don't know. They're 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 <laughs> strange, and it, it's the game, and it's the game's rules, not your rules. That's true. It is not my rules. <laughs> hey, so also Haley has to go in not that long. So do you? Yeah. Seven ten. Oh no. Eight ten. It's uh, fine. We'll make it through. Matthew, what about Abzu? Ancient civilizations <laughs> okay. and mechanical things underwater. So what I like about Abzu is it's really good at telling a story um, without using any words at all. Oh. So mm-hmm. um, you swim around, you discover things, you interact with fish. You get to pet the fish. Yeah. You get to ride some dolphins. It's yeah. pretty cool. And it's, a it's, it's really pretty. The visuals mm-hmm. are, are fantastic, and the score is also really, really great. Isn't that so, kind of what that studio is known for, is their their aesthetics and their... Simplicity. Yeah. 
um, yep. minimalism mm -hmm. with a lowercase m. Yep. Mm -hmm. Have you played Abzu, Haley? Yeah, I got it like uh, probably a couple weeks after it came out. Oh, wow. So, how yeah, old is it's it? a really. How much is it? How old is it? Oh, how old? Uh, so, two? Two years, two? maybe? Two. It's two. It's ah, two. Yes, two. <laughs> Did you look it up? No. no? It... Did you? you? You played it. How do you. What? I, I don't know. I I didn't buy it when it was released. Abzu release date. August 2nd, 2016. 2016. 2016. Aha. I found it. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> we all found it. <laughs> Are you yeah. going to cut my part out? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to cut a lot of me out because I'm saying dumb things like how our phones <laughs> don't say the same time even though they do. But um, Okay, cool. Did you finish it? Yes. How long was it? It was uh, very short. Okay, was, like, like a few hours. Two hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Way short. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was really good. Sweet. Did Journey have words in it? No. Don't ask me. <laughs> okay. At me. I don't know. No. I'm asking both of you. You just have no. To, Journey, I feel like I look Journey at the screen had no a lot. words. Journey does not. Also, does not have words. Okay. Yeah, but you communicate with your partner through like chirps. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> chirp chirp. Cool. Well, that's neat. Well, recently I finished reading the Three Body Problem. Uh, the Three Body Problem is about, without giving any major spoilers, because it's a super good book that I would really strongly recommend you read. It's a sci-fi book um, about the main character is a researcher who is in charge of... He's a, uh, It's set in China, um, and it was translated to English, and it's actually the only book... I want to say I could be wrong here, but I think it's the only book to ever have been translated and then go on to win a Hugo Award. Um Hugo Award is like the Pulitzer Prize for science fiction, essentially. Um, so, like, really high quality science fiction wins the Hugo Award, and this is the only translated book to have ever done that. A translated right. into English book to have ever done that. Um, yeah. So, that's very cool. But yeah, it's about this Chinese um, researcher who researches nanoparticles, and then he starts having some weird supernatural events, and then there's integration with, like, um, this. Suppose it's set in modern times um, with this like supposed you know society basically Mensa-esque society of really smart people from around the world and um, and things get really crazy by the end of it um, and I won't spoil anything but the it's called the three body problem because um, one of the main plot points of the book is the main character plays this video game called Three Body um, and it is a like a VR type game with a haptic bodysuit. Um, where you find yourself on a planet that's orbiting three suns, um, which is significant because when a planet orbits, or when a body, it, it doesn't have to be a planet, orbits one sun, it's a completely predictable um, orbit. No matter the starting conditions, the orbit is completely predictable. Um, if it's orbiting two suns, I think the starting conditions can have some effect, but it's still completely predictable. But then as soon as it starts orbiting three suns, um, because of the way that they each interact gravitationally um there's like it's exponentially more difficult to calculate the, the um, trajectory of each of the suns as well as whatever's orbiting them so the game is um he finds himself on this planet with that's orbiting three suns and he has to try to figure out the goal of the game is to try to figure out the um the orbit and like to try to predict when there are going to be stable eras of normal 
you know, normal time where the suns aren't super far away or really close and burning hot or whatever. So, so that's a game? That sounds like a math problem. Well, it is. That, I mean, that's the point. It's like a math problem that's manifested in a game. Okay. Um, the three-body problem is a real, like, real-life actual problem that mathematicians and astrophysicists have been working on for a really long time, and there's still no... If you have starting certain starting conditions, you can run a model that will be predictive, but if you don't have the starting conditions, it's incredibly difficult to predict the orbit of um, a single body around three stars. But this book is a really cool sci-fi book, and it takes into account also a lot of um, Chinese politics, which I wasn't expecting. It's got um, a bunch of history in like the Cultural Revolution um, that happened not that long ago. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting to see how that... I'm normally not a big fan of politics, but it's really fascinating to see how that plays into um, the character's motivations and, and the you know, some of the major plot points of the book. So I would highly recommend The Three-Body Problem. Um, it's a part of a trilogy, actually. And I just started the second one. Is the first one the one-body problem? Nope. nope, it is not, Matthew. <laughs> well, is the second one the two-body problem? No, it is not. Ask me what the third one is and if it's the three-body problem, because it's not... I don't want to ask anymore. The first one is the three-body problem. The second one is the dark forest. And the third one is humanity's sunset, I want to say. Or sunset for humanity. That sounds lovely. It is. I mean, in all honesty, they're kind of sad. They're sort of like, they're one of those things that are like, oh, man, wow, what if some crazy stuff happened? And then they make you think really hard about how bad the human race is and everything. So, but really cool. Highly recommend it. Cool. Nice. Are you going to read the other two? I am in the process of reading the second one. I just started it not long ago. But the third one, we'll see. We'll see how the second one goes. Wow. Wow. Haley, what did you do? What have you done? Uh, what are you doing with your life? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I haven't really done um, a whole lot. I went and saw uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard. Yeah, saw that uh, a few weeks what? ago. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's what it's called. It's, I took a trip to Missouri, and there were these three yeah. billboards that were really memorable. <laughs> they were great. I saw three billboards. Is it a movie? No, that's what the... It is a movie. Yeah, that's okay. the, that is the title of the movie, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And it is about um, uh, Mildred Hayes. Uh, basically, her daughter was uh, raped and murdered, and there was been no arrest yet in, like, who, like did this to her daughter and so she rented uh three billboards outside of ebbing missouri that basically poke at the police um in her town uh it's like raped while dying and still no arrest like how come chief willoughby so it's kind of like the backlash backlash she's receiving from mm-hmm. the the billboards and kind of everything that spirals Spirals out of control uh, after those wow. billboards get put up. Yeah, it's I saw very- a trailer for it a long time ago, and it looked pretty intense. Yeah. Was it like? I feel like that's one of those movies that's just draining. Like afterward, you come out and you're like, "Oh man, do I need to rest?" <laughs> no, actually. So I'm not gonna say it's a super happy movie by any means, but it's also not like a super depressing movie. Um, I kind of almost compared it to the way that they handled seriousness and humor um, is kind of how I felt like how Star Wars should have handled it, like the latest Star Wars movie. It's mm-hmm. like I felt like the latest Star Wars movie could never end on a serious note. 
they always had a to cut the tension with a joke. Yeah. They can never leave a scene serious. But this movie, it's like it has its serious moments, and then there's like this kind of silly, awkward interjection. <laughs> but that doesn't that doesn't always happen. There's there are moments in the movie that are really serious and they're meant to be left like that. But then there's also scenes in the movie that are really funny. Not like hilarious like comedy, but you know, humorous yeah right that, that, that kind of lightened the mood a little bit so right it's, but it's like a real, very, i mean it's supposed awesome. to be you know a real journey of somebody who's going through a real struggle so yeah well, and it follows, yeah no and it doesn't just follow the mom which is what i thought it was going to be it follows the mom the chief and um one of the police officers oh. so yeah it kind of focuses on those three and it's very odd there's a character that like really changes throughout the movie and i didn't really see that coming it was just very well done handled drama in an appropriate way and handled humor in an appropriate way cool yeah well, highly good. recommend is it still in theaters uh i'm gonna guess probably not okay not anymore it probably just started being transitioned out of theaters okay. recently gotcha yeah. Oh, worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Okay. This isn't exactly a philosophy question. Okay. But okay. Which do you think... So, in light of the Falcon Heavy launch, um, the question that I that comes to my mind is, which do you think is going to get us further, faster in space, in exploring deep space? Should space be privatized, and should we leave it to private industry and rich people? to just to take their money and put it into funding space programs and shuttles and and fuel and research and development and everything or should we leave it to the governments um like you know we who have already brought us to the moon and you know sent probes to mars and even beyond that obviously with like cassini is you know just crashed into saturn not that long ago i think and um there's juno around jupiter and do you think the space should be privatized or how big of a role should governments play in space exploration? Um, and I guess I'll start because this is kind of not exactly a philosophy question. It's more of just an opinion, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think. But I think that if we want to try to ex- uh, expedite the process, we should leave it to private industry, and that the like the space station should be open to private um, entrepreneurs, not entrepreneurs, but to private entities. Um, because that's going to encourage people with money who don't have anywhere else to spend their money to put it into space exploration and and um you know reusable space instruments and um you know to put it's just because to me the biggest hurdle with the government especially like with nasa being basically defunded which is not totally true but shuttles so like the space shuttle program got defunded um Mm -hmm. that's a really disappointing thing for me as somebody who's really interested in space and interested in seeing our exploration in the space continue um, and had that been a private sector thing, it might be like expensive and difficult for people to do, but there would still be a few individuals who I think would really be pioneering the space race that could represent themselves or a country if they chose or, you know, the general population or whatever. Like Elon Musk, I think, is doing a really good job of bringing space into the public eye and and trying to, uh, uh, what's the word, promote sustainability, um, you know, with the, with the reusable rockets and everything. So I think... As much as I don't like it, um, I think that space should, we should encourage the privatization of space travel because I think that's really going to expedite um, the our our exploration and our uh, advancement. 
off of the planet, which to me is an inevitable necessity of the human race. I feel like if we leave it to the pri- like privatized stuff and the rich people, they're going to get off the planet first. In <laughs> what did you say? They're going to get oh off the planet. <laughs> well, then we can take the, their stuff, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but then it's like, uh, I mean, I'll probably be dead by the time that happens. Yeah. I'll you know, whatever. Um, Did you say hopefully? Oh no. No, um I was thinking more so I'm like, oh my god, if I'm that old, like if it's happening that far in the future and I'm that old, like what oh, if you're living in a computer? Miss- what if your consciousness is alive in a computer? Oh man. Um, no, that's a different conversation. <laughs> that Maybe another day. Um No, I agree. Um I feel like yeah, I should be encouraged that I mean people with money if they want to help and they want to explore space too and like further research then yeah go for it I don't see the problem with that really with maybe like some sort of insight from the government I don't really mind privatization of space Um, I guess any more than mind privatization of everything else Um, it seems like the Space is a. It doesn't matter to me if it gets privatized because I'm not trying to like make a business in space. Like if I were trying to sell space real estate and then all of a sudden it cost me 15 times as much to get to space mm-hmm. as it did before, then I would be mad. And like that's a lot of times what happens with privatization. Um, like net neutrality. Ooh, we could talk about net neutrality, but probably not because that's a really extreme debate. Um, not debate. That's. I think we all agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh... And there wouldn't be a lot of discussion there. Um, I keep turning away from the microphone and I realize that's going to have an impact because it's a, an audio podcast. Um, the the space privatization doesn't directly impact me because I'm not interacting with space very much. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I'm sitting here, you know, oh, got my trip up to the ISS, you know, two weeks from now, T minus 13 days. Got my Amazon moon package. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today or tonight or whatever time of day it is. We really appreciate you listening. Let us know your thoughts if you have questions for us or comments or you're mad about the way that Mike pronounces his R's at twitter.com slash tiptoptechcast and check us out on major podcast networks. Artwork will be coming soon, we promise. Talk Thanks, everybody, us, please. and have a great day. Bye. 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 Bye.